Hello, and welcome to this week's edition of the Phantasmal Necromantic Paranormal Podcast. I'm Tammy, along with my co-host, Brandy. Hey, everybody. And this week, we are going to be talking about Gettysburg. Brandy and I, uh, along with Brandy's son, we took a trip to Gettysburg and did a really nice ghost hunting yeah. experience there. It was. And so we are going to be talking about that. But we realized we actually have a lot of listeners from other countries and stuff. And we realized that, you know, our, our listeners from other countries might not completely understand what Gettysburg is mm-hmm. here in the United States. So we just wanted to kind of give a little brief introduction to what Gettysburg is and why it would be haunted or be a place that we'd want to go visit and do a ghost tour at. So, Brandy, I'm going to let you explain to our listeners uh, about Gettysburg. I don't know the whole back history of the Civil War like I should be <laughs> an American citizen. You know, there's a lot of argument over it of the reasons why we had the Civil War. Um, the main thing in America, especially being from the South that you always hear about, is b- the fact that we were fighting uh, whether or not to keep slaves. And so that comes down and causes the Civil War along with supposedly other reasons. And we go through all these battles all over the place but but then you get to july 1st of 1863 and we have the battle of gettysburg pennsylvania what was it tammy like fifty thousand, somewhere around fifty thousand men died in that battle right i believe fifty thousand. i know the south took twenty eight thousand uh losses and i know i don't think the union suffered quite that many but it was still like twenty thousand plus soldiers that the union army lost in that time frame right gettysburg has always been known as a very haunted location because there were so many deaths there that happened in such a small amount of time it was only a few days and um which i actually read today that there was like five thousand horses that died but you don't think about that aspect but um so this is with that kind of death and suffering and all these wounded soldiers that were there you know and having to have amputations of limbs and just laying uh dying in the fields and everything you know that there's going to be a lot probably of residual energy there from this whole occurrence and so a lot a lot of people like to visit for the historical aspect we we also like to visit it because of the paranormal aspect you know right. there's a lot of lot of supposed haunted locations there right the deal with gettysburg is it was just so many deaths in a short short amount of time mm-hmm. like brandy said I, I i do feel a lot of what people see sometimes there if you go online and you look up anything for gettysburg there's a lot of photos a lot of photos yeah. a lot of yeah. videos i do think a lot of it is going to be residual you can't just imagine what the air was like if you're fighting in that i think it's great to go and see these historical places because Gettysburg is one of the things that we learn about here, uh, you know, in our schools. Mm-hmm. You learn about that from the time you're young yeah, to, all the way through college. Like oh, you, yeah. you're even going to hear about this in college. 
And I just think it's one of those things that it's really great to be able to go and see it for yourself. Mm-hmm. And my husband, having been in the military, like he was able to, you know, we go, he can tell you like, this is where the union advanced from. And this is where the Confederate army was at. And he can tell you the whole schematic of how the the, the battle went down military set up yeah. and their strategy and all that yeah, yeah. and that is very and now there is a one of the things that we did was i did do you you can download this onto your phone it's a driving tour mm-hmm. and when you're driving through gettysburg in the battlefield it will literally like it will find you on the tour and it will tell you from that spot like this is what was going on at, at this point in the battle uh-huh. and, it, and it will tell you what vantage point you are are you on the union side you're on the confederate side and it'll tell you like how many troops died on certain days and all that kind of stuff like it, it's a really really good tour yeah so if you don't have your own military person <laughs> get the tour yeah you can just download it on your phone it was interesting listen to that because I, I have never been to gettysburg tammy has been before and now my son had been before with tammy and her family so they they already kind of knew about some of this but it is very uh, informative to have the drive along tour there. The one thing that was a little bit disappointing, and I was telling Brandy, they were they're actually doing some construction. Not I don't know, construction is probably not the best word to use, uh, but they are working on parts of Gettysburg mm-hmm. there on the battlefield. I think what they're trying to do with it is they're probably trying to make it more handicap accessible. It mm-hmm. looked like they were putting in sidewalks into some of the stuff, uh, especially like the, I want to say devil's den, maybe not devil's den, but in that area, they had, it looked like they had put in some sidewalks around some of the oh, boulders yeah. and stuff. That was around the back of it and stuff. Yeah. We could see where they were. Yeah. That's just my guess as to what they were, the, the reason that they're doing it. The one thing that I wanted Brandy to be able to see is, uh, and I cannot remember what it's called, but it's where you can go up on like the highest point there on the battlefield. And if you go up there, you can look down and you can see the entire battlefield from there. And it is where I believe the Union soldiers actually captured that part of it. And I believe that's one of the reasons they were able to win is because they did have this high vantage point. But that area was closed off because they're doing some kind of work up in that area. Mm -hmm. Again, the only thing I can think of is maybe to make it a little bit more uh, handicap accessible. Or I know that we've been up there like twice. People would walk down the sides uh, of it because it is like on the hill. And the only thing is I was thinking maybe they were going to put some stairs in there to make it a little less. Where you're just walking through the hill or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Because I've never like walked down. I've I've stood and looked over, but I've never kind of walked down around the boulders just because I'm too klutzy. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I would slide right down the mountain. Like yeah. I would just be like <laughs> bloop, 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 down the mountain. Yeah. So I've never done that, but I was thinking maybe they were fixing that too, either fixing some stairs or maybe fixing it. So people can't really go down that far mm-hmm. and, and get in trouble. Cause there've been several times. Cause every time we've been there, kids have been climbing on those boulders. And like oh, I said, yeah. there, you know, you saw like how it's up on the side of the hill Yeah. and you're thinking, where are your parents? <laughs> like you're going to fall. It's not oh, the grand Canyon, but still, I, uh, I was thinking that when we drove around the devil's den and I could see why they were kind of working on that area. Cause that seems like yeah. the whole thing seems like a death trap, you know, and there's kids all 
over it, but it, you go up to the top or at the back, like yeah, yeah. fall off of that thing. And I, and I'm sure people have. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's, <laughs> you know, kids will be kids, <laughs> right? Pretty much anywhere in Gettysburg you can go, it's haunted. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did try to find specific ghost stories. Like I said, most of the ghost stories and stuff, because most of these are going to be pictures, which. Brandy and I, her son took a picture when we were ghost hunting and we are still kind of like, wow. Okay. Unfortunately, the thing that we can't post. So most of you all know who have smartphones. So I think, I think it's specific to the iPhone, isn't it? That, so like when you take a picture and you think it's just a picture, but it has a video. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's like what, I can't remember what they call it because I don't have an iPhone. It's like a motion picture or something it's like it takes it's almost like a video where it right. just takes a whole bunch at one time right so he could play it back almost as a video a yeah. slow-mo video so we were ghost hunting and we're going to get into our ghost hunting um uh, scenario in just a minute but when we were ghost hunting and we had gone into this one particular uh home to ghost hunt and he had just held up his phone and he was taking a a picture over like all three of us Uh and he had it up in the air so he caught it it's not an orb in the photo and we'll talk more about it but it it was a streak of light yeah but he realized that it did this motion picture thing Mm -hmm. and it turns out it is a ball of light that is literally zooming across the room. Yeah. And he did not even realize he had caught that. Like when he looked at the picture, he could just see the streak of light. Yeah. Which we will talk about. And we did make a lot of fun of this. And we will talk about that. Right. Once he realized that it had, cu- it had done this motion picture, yeah. then you can see that it wasn't a streak of light. It was this white light orb that was zipping across the room and evidently when he the picture was made it just caught the streak yeah so it looked almost like a tube of light versus a a round ball right but when he played that video it was much more like oh wow yeah what the heck is that yeah when we were on these ghost hunts we were not in the dark like we were the lights were on and everything so When he captured this, we saw nothing in the room. Mm -mm. Wasn't a bug flying through. If it was a bug, we would have all three have seen this bug. It would have been a pretty big bug. And we didn't see anything. There was no flashes of light when this thing happened. In fact, I didn't even know he was taking a picture at that time. Like, yeah, I had no, no I idea. Don't, I don't know if my phone was flashing, but I, I know his wasn't. And we even, like I told him, because we, my son and I both were, recording and trying to take pictures of Tammy at the time because of the piece of equipment she was using. She was getting responses. So we were trying to record that. And I thought maybe I flashed a picture of Tammy at the same time that he was taking a picture or video of her. And that maybe was what caused it. But he said, no, I I didn't take a picture whenever he was doing that. And he actually... We were both recording Tammy, and then he turns around and takes a selfie. And then when he goes to look at the selfie, he's like thumbing back through his pictures, and he's like, "Oh!" And then he, you know, he looked at it from, and then he showed me and Tammy, you know. And then we're all, and we were still in the same room when he realized what he had done because he was just messing with his phone. Yeah, we did try to recreate that Mm because we were like, okay. 
let's just say, because at the time he, it would, he did not realize it was a video until we leave the ghost hunt. I think he's playing with his phone later on yeah. that night. Yeah. And he was like, oh, wait a minute. It did a video. Right. We didn't know that at the moment. We yeah. just thought that there's this weird streak of light. Yeah. And then we thought, okay, well, maybe there was something that we did to cause the streak. Let's just recreate the whole scene mm-hmm. while we're still here. Yeah. And could not get his phone to do that again. Like, mm-hmm. couldn't get that picture to do it again. No, because like, we all, I would imagine, at some point, taking a picture of somebody that was taking a picture. Maybe not everybody. We've seen one at least. And it's like you their flash goes off and you've taken a picture of their flash and it, but you can see it coming out of their phone or camera. It's just like a a big bright orangish or yellowish color light. And it's kind of obvious that it is coming from their camera. This was not it at all. Like this was a white, almost solid looking orb light thing in a tube shape. When we caught and he caught the still image that was just coming at Tammy's head, basically. Let's go ahead and talk about how we end up in this room with this picture. And if we can, we'll get that posted to our social media. We'll get it on our Instagram and stuff. We ended up going on a ghost hunting trip with the Gettysburg Ghost Tours and Gettysburg Paranormal Paranormal Association. Now, I'm going to say just from my family's experience, this is the only ghost tour a uh, ghost hunting uh, group that we've ever been with uh, in Gettysburg. There are several in Gettysburg. I'm not going to say that one's better than the other because I can't say that. Mm-hmm. But what I will say is I have never had a bad tour guide with Gettysburg ghost tours. Yeah. One of the things that Brandy and I didn't realize, I don't know why we didn't think about this, but we chose the absolute worst month to go to Gettysburg. <laughs> not because of weather. The weather was amazing. But because it was October yeah. And every ghost hunter in the nation <laughs> was in Gettysburg. I, I didn't think anything no. of it being October, and I no. don't know why. <laughs> and we even told our tour guide, which we actually uh, we actually did ourselves a favor because I had bought the tickets before we went to Gettysburg for the tours. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, we did because there were all kinds of people trying to buy tickets at the destination, oh, and yeah. they were sold out for late days. Yeah, and they and so we were talking to the tour guide. And we were like, man, we did not realize that there would be so many people in Gettysburg in October. Uh-huh. He was, he goes, oh yeah. He goes, this is literally our busiest month of the entire year. <laughs> and he Duh. goes, if you, I know. He goes, now if you guys had to come, you know, back in the summer, it wouldn't be this bad. And I think he was even telling us like spring is their least busy time. Yeah. So if you kind of want Gettysburg to yourself, go in the spring. Mm-hmm. And and then he kind of laughed at us because he's like, well. It's spooky season. And he said, everybody's here for the spooky season. And I was like, didn't even think about it, (laughs) even though that's what we were there for. Yeah. Did not put two and two together on that one. Yeah. But still had a had a great time. We did have a lot of people in our tour group. So the first destination we went to, uh, I do not know. I don't even know if the na- house had a name. I don't remember either. Yeah. Very nice gentleman, a uh, very nice man and woman who owned the house. Mm-hmm. The house had been in his family for four generations or something I like think that. So. It was quite a while. It had been in his family for going on for a very long time. Yeah. He had restored it because the, the house had come into somewhat of a disrespect repair and he is just now getting it back up and going he had just opened it to the tour these tours to come into his home yeah and this particular home 
was field hospitals. Now, I will say the one thing about Gettysburg and the joke that Brandy and I have we're making then and we're, we make now is every every place was a field hospital. Yeah. And I don't doubt that there were a lot of homes around the battlefield that were used as field hospitals. Mm-hmm. But the funny thing was, is every single place she went, they'd be, this was a field hospital. It's like, <laughs> so literally every home in Gettysburg is a field yeah. hospital? Yeah. Okay. And anything you read about any stories or ghost stories about Gettysburg, this was a field hospital. This was a field hospital. Was like yeah. Every. Every house. Everything. Now, the the first house we went to is a very beautiful, it's a very, uh, it's, a, it's a giant home. Yeah, it's big. Yeah, and they actually, it is a Airbnb or bed and breakfast. It's a bed and breakfast. A bed and breakfast, yeah. But like I said, they had opened it up. I don't think they had any guests staying there that night. They had opened it up to the tour, and it is it was a basement, mm-hmm. uh, two stories in an attic. So you get four floors yeah. to do this ghost tour on. Yep. And the one thing I'm going to talk about, because you heard us talk about our Savannah ghost hunting situation. Yeah. We were not fans. Uh-huh. I have never been on a Gettysburg ghost tour that didn't just let you wander on your own. Mm-hmm. You can ask the tours as many questions as you want to. The tour guides, the tour guide did come through. Just check on us. Yeah. How's everything going, guys? Did not stay around. No. Like, would just come into the room, check on everybody, and leave. The only time he even remotely hung out was in the attic space. Uh-huh. And, the, right. and the only reason I think he hung out then was because we were the only ones up there. Yeah. And I think that, like, we were just, like, the last group. And I think he was just gonna see like close up the attic after that i i, I really yeah. think that's the only reason he, that he's, he had he that out. flashlight too that we didn't get those in our right. bag so i guess he was just trying it out or yeah. letting us see yeah and and he, he even talked about like when he would do the tours and he would ghost hunt himself mm-hmm. and so like brady said it, like it was the flashlight if you guys watch the ghost hunting shows you'll know it'd be like turn the light on or off and that's what he had laid it on this old chest in the attic yeah uh, and and was asking it questions. I, I don't I don't think it reacted when we were up there, Mm-mm. so I don't think it was doing anything. The attic was was a very nice space. Like it it wasn't creepy at all. Yeah. In this home, now I will say this was our best ghost hunting thing of the night. Right. The whole house seemed fairly active. They tell you a little bit about the home. They don't go into great detail. Mm-hmm. Started out really strongly because we ended up in the. The basement first. Yeah, we went to the basement first. Yeah, straight away. For some <laughs> reason, I think everybody kind of ran to the attic. Is I what I know. think happened. Yeah. So we went to the basement uh, because there was just us and one other small family group that was in the basement. Basement, and I was just really drawn to this. Like we went just as far back in the basement as you could possibly go. Mm-hmm. Like I said, we had a fairly large group, and I really thought more people would start in the basement. Yeah. And I thought, well, let's just go as far back as possible. And then people will meander back where we are and we can kind of make our way back upstairs. When we get down there, as far back as you can go, there's just like this really odd door. I assume it went outside to a cellar somewhere or something. And we just went. My favorite ghost hunting tool ever is dousing rods. Mm -hmm. And in your kit that they will give you, dousing rods are part of that kit. Yeah. Uh, Also in the kit is a K2 meter. Yeah. There was an, another thing that recorded like the electromagnetic fields and then the one you see all the time on the TV that has the various colors right. that light up. But there was another one that showed you like digital numbers. Right, right. I, can't I was using that, that but I don't know what I don't know yeah. what it's called. 
And then we also had a vo- the voice boxes. Yeah, that's right. Uh, no, that. Is that what it's called? Voice box? That's, I call it a ghost box. Ghost box. Yeah. yeah. So we had like the ghost box that, uh, and I will say everybody was using those. Mm-hmm. Uh, every, and remember, every group got the same equipment. So yeah. everybody's walking around with, you know, the K2 meters and everything and you, the voice boxes yeah, and stuff. Yeah, you each got a bag. Ghost and what I was surprised, happily surprised about is, when they said they were going to give each group a bag of equipment, I thought they were going to like break us up into large groups, but it's right. no, it's your group that you register with. So right. it was me and Tammy and my son. So I was like, yes, we, yeah. we are off on our own with right. this bag of equipment. Yeah. It was good. So, so yeah, it is very good. And I will say in case you're wondering about the price. So we paid $55 per person and it to me well worth it. We mm-hmm. paid more than that for the Savannah one that yeah. we were so disappointed in. Yeah. So, and I had no, and this ghost hunting trip was three hours. I think it was actually ended up being a little bit over three hours. We did not cut off right at the time right. that supposedly it was over. He did run us over a little bit, which I was very appreciative of like, I was expecting him to be like, wrap it up, everybody. Yeah. But no, but he didn't do that. And so I think it's well worth the the price. And then, like I said, they gave you all the equipment to use, free roam of the spaces. And so, like I said, my choice, my, my favorite choice of equipment is the dousing rods. Mm-hmm. And the reason... I like the dowsing rods, and I think I've mentioned that this before. So I come from a long line of what you call water witches. And all that means is my, and I'm sure it was back farther than this, but my grandfather, my mother's father, used to witch wells for people, which means he would take dowsing rods. And and when I say dowsing rods, my I'm pretty sure his choice was to find a Y-shaped tree branch oh, right. and right. he would use that but he could and would make money witching wells for people so like he could go out and he would walk your property and this rod would find the water uh-huh. and i know some of you people are going to be like that's just a bunch of hooey that doesn't work <laughs> i'm here to tell you i've watched my mother do this time and time again uh-huh. my mother witched several wells in the county that i grew up in mm-hmm. she did this for people that came into our neighborhood later on when i was older they had people that could not find them water wow. and they were just digging hole after hole oh and then gosh. My dad actually tells the neighbors, like, hey, my wife knows how to witch for water. Get her to come out here. Uh-huh. And my mom did. And she found them water. Oh, my yeah. Lord. And so she That's was crazy. Yes. And it wasn't the first time she'd done that. She, I think she had even witched the water that I grew up on, like the house that I grew up in. Uh-huh. And my mother would tell me over the years that like her dad knew how to read his witching stuff so well that he could even tell them how far down the water was going to be like how far down they were going to have to dig before they hit the water uh-huh. based on some way that this, this stick or whatever would move or whatever. Yeah. Now my mom, she wasn't that precise. She couldn't tell you how far down. She just knew there was water there. Uh-huh. And the other weird thing is, so she taught me how to do it or uh-huh. she, you know, would say here, let's go out here and I'll show you how to do it. Uh-huh. My brother was never able to make it work. 
like, really. <laughs> yeah. Like even if where we knew there was water running in our property, uh-huh. he could not even make the dowsing rods work where the, we knew there was water. Oh and gosh. it used to infuriate him. Uh-huh. But but I can do it. My, like I said, my mom learned it from her dad and, and I'm sure he learned it from somebody in his lineage there. Uh-huh. But just because of that, I love to use the dowsing rods in the ghost hunting thing. Mm-hmm. It's an energy thing. That's what I think it is. You know, I think that that's how it finds the water. It's just an energy thing. And so, like, if the spirits are made of energy, I, that's just what I think works. And I yeah. have seen these dowsing rods used by other members of my family. And I have watched dowsing rods move and seen shadows move across the dowsing rods as they like, as if hands were moving the dowsing rods like mm. shadow wise uh-huh. when we were down in the basement of course brandy and them know i love my dowsing rods so they give me dowsing rods and as soon as we get in this basement we start asking questions I kid you not these dowsing rods are just crossing and uncrossing crossing and uncrossing and giving it <laughs> a go to the point that i get <laughs> nervous i'm like <laughs> and like Brandy and her son are looking at me and I'm like guys I ain't touching anything like I promise you it's not me yeah because I have never them. seen these work before I've never yeah. seen anybody use them I've Tammy's always told me about them but this was the first time that I had seen it in person so yeah. it was an experience I have had them on ghost hunting things before like where it took them forever and you and I just like if it takes forever, then I'm thinking, okay, that's me shaking or something like that. And it's just like inching. Uh-huh. But this was literally like swinging to and fro. Like I know. Shit. And I was like, what is going on? Are you moving those, Tammy? Give me those. Let me hold them. Let me see what's going on here. And so I hold them and I'm holding them really still. But I'm still like shaky a little bit. But like they don't. They don't move when you shake, really. No. I mean, you can see that you're shaking, but no, they don't swing back and forth. You know, you can't just by standing there, you can't make them move unless you're actually moving your hands. Um, And, and you know, everybody's going to see that, but it, it yeah. was something. I get branded to believe in the dowsing rods, <laughs> but it is getting to the point where, uh, okay, so I'm going to back up and say, we're talking about me being a klutz earlier. Mm-hmm. We had gone out. We had spent the day going around the battlefield doing Gettysburg touristy stuff. Right. And we were on the battlefield. I ended up face planting on the <laughs> battlefield. Like, still, it happened so fast. It was like I was boomeranged <laughs> into the freaking It, it was planet. at the North Carolina Monument, too, guys. <laughs> Brandy had said, hey, let's stop at the North Carolina Monument. In agreement, like we're from North Carolina, let's stop at the monument. Let's look to put this in perspective. Everybody in Gettysburg was at the North Carolina monument, it seemed. And we we had had to park a good ways away and walk back to it. So when we're walking back to it, walking across the battlefield. And yes, there are like roots and stuff sticking out. I was watching the roots, but evidently not that closely because I was one minute Walking along, looking at Brandy and her son. And the next minute, I literally was picking myself up (laughs) off the ground. But what happened was where I tripped, it was an acorn tree. And Mm -hmm. it had deposited all these acorns on the ground. When I fell, I stood up and in my arm, (laughs) there are just acorns embedded in my arm. And like, like horribly... (laughs) 
like mangled my arm. Like it was, <laughs> it was, it was like really <laughs> sliced up. It was, it was bad. Like I, it was, it literally looked like I had fallen through a barbed wire fence. <laughs> yes. It was embarrassing. We, we had to stop and go to the drugstore <laughs> and like get all kinds of medical yeah. supplies. It, it was, it was pretty nasty. I tell that story. So that was my left arm that that had happened to. And the reason it was so bad was because I fell so quickly. I did not catch myself. I was not able to catch myself. Didn't realize I was falling until I was picking myself up off the ground. Mm -hmm. And then my whole like forearm on my left arm was just sliced all to pieces. So like I said, we had to leave the battlefield and go get bandages and medicine. (laughs) And if you think hydrogen peroxide hurt as a child... Put that stuff on your arm, like a lot of cuts and abrasions as an adult, you will still be crying like you did when you were a child. Because yeah. I did not think I was going to have that reaction of, oh my gosh, that hurts so bad. <laughs> but anyway, when we were doing these dousing rods, the really odd thing that kept happening is the dousing rods kept both swinging around mm-hmm. and slapping me in my left arm yeah, for no reason. Like I would be standing there, we would ask questions and then both things would turn around and slap me in the arm. Mm-hmm. And we kept being like, what mm-hmm. is going on? And I told Brandy and her son, I'm like, I don't know. I've never seen it do this before. I don't know why they keep doing that. But what, and the reason I was talking about my arm is because this happened all night long. Yeah. Like it would answer, like we would get some, you know, readings or whatever. And the dousing rods would just constantly slap me in my arm. Mm -hmm. Not only at the first place, but at the second place. And see, I just thought that was something that it would do, you know, it's just. No, like I've never (laughs) had that. You know, I've had them just quit working, uh-huh. you know, just sit there, but not ever swing around and constantly, like, hit me in one arm or the other. Okay. <laughs> so the only thing that I could even akin it to was, did they, <laughs> are they tapping my arm because, and I was wearing a long sleeve shirt that night. Mm-hmm. So you couldn't see the bandages, but I was like, do they know that my arm is hurt and that it keeps swinging around and hitting that particular arm? Yeah. Like it's like, what's going on with your arm? Cause it, like I said, it was pretty nasty. Uh-huh. So that one kind of was getting to me too. Like where it just kept tapping my arm that was injured. Yeah. Uh, but when we were in this basement, we like I said, we were getting some really good yes and no's off of the dousing rods. And right. we were getting some K2 readings and numbers were escalating on these digital digital things and stuff. Now, we didn't have our group wasn't using the um, ghost box down there, but no. a, some other people in the other part of the basement were at one point. I think maybe the answers had slowed down and I just got this weird feeling like maybe, maybe we were overstaying our welcome in that area. Uh-huh. And I just said, if you want us to leave your space, you know, just cross the rods and immediately. <laughs> and I said, well, we promised we're, we're going to peace out and we're going to go somewhere else. Now we never did make it back down to the basement after that. Did not matter what floor we were on. I think every floor we got a little bit of reaction. Yeah. Early in the podcast, we start telling you about this orb. Right. So that was probably one of our bigger rooms. I know when we first entered that room, we got a couple of answers 
yeah. on the dousing rods. I think we got a couple of spikes with some of the meters. Yeah, and it was it was normally spiking at you whenever it was responding with the dousing right. rods. That's the other thing we want to we want to let you guys know. When we would ask the question and the dousing rods would move, that was when our meters would spike. Mm-hmm. So not only do you have us saying the dousing rods were working. At the same time the dousing rods were working, we were getting spikes on these meters. Yeah. So it's not like, oh, dousing rods work, but we didn't have any other kind of uh, evidence or anything, if you want to call it evidence. Right. But it was all happening at the same time. And if the dousing rods weren't working, we weren't really getting anything on the meters or anything. So that's why we were kind of thinking it's all coinciding, you know, together. Now... We are going to tell you the the thing that we did with this when this photo first came out, and you'll see it. So when her son first shows us the photo, we get really tickled. Because (laughs) and this is maybe this just does being bad because it is just a long cylindrical looking (laughs) light. And as soon as he showed it to us, I'm just going to assume we all, like, I know we all three started laughing before anything gets said. Yes. And then <laughs> maybe in the person that I am, I said, wow, is that you? Or are you just happy to see me? <laughs> Which led us into laughing hysterically, but silently oh for like five minutes. I, I, know, I know that the other people upstairs in those other bedrooms could hear us laughing hysterically. Because, I mean, we were trying to be quiet, but like all three of us were crying. We were laughing so hard. I mean, this was just maybe you just had to be there. But I mean, it looked like a gigantic penis going into Tammy's head. It did. (laughs) Like a unicorn. (laughs) Yeah, it did. And it was just one point I said, oh, I said, oh, my gosh, guys, this is so inappropriate. Like to be on a ghost hunt and be laughing like this. But. If it was a specter, they had the same sense of humor we did. But but like I said, later on when we saw the video, it is not a streak of light. It is an actual white orb. Yeah. But the the picture just shows a streak uh, or this cylindrical tube of light yeah because it it catches it coming through the air so it when you see the motion video of it it's shooting towards tammy's face or head and so that still picture just caught it going really fast and made it look like a tube it's just actually this really white ball of light None of the places we went, I don't feel it. Like, I didn't feel spooky. Like they weren't no, creepy. Creepy would be the better word. So these weren't creepy places. Yeah. And in that particular bedroom, I cannot remember if they told us anything about that particular bedroom. Several of the bedrooms were just nice bedrooms. Mm-hmm. You know, like you yeah. like you just nothing extraordinary about them. Very comfortable. Like the, like the house is very nice. Yeah. So it's not anything creepy about the home whatsoever. But I think in that room, it just had a different feel to it than a couple of the other bedrooms that we had been in. Well, you were getting better responses in Mm -hmm. that room, right? Yeah. As soon as we walked in, we were getting responses like we were getting the hits on the meters and the dousing rods were working at that particular time. Yeah. Uh, Because we were talking about that was the reason he had pulled the phone out. Yeah. And and me too. That's why we were recording you because it was uh, we wanted to get it on video. The other rooms were... Were just kind of kind of quiet because 
I mean, mostly in in the other rooms, I was just admiring how they had restored the old house because I love old houses and they just put up beautiful wallpaper and, you know, it's it's a really nice place. If we could figure out the name of it, we could tell you guys to stay. Yeah, exactly. Bread and breakfast. but Yeah, because it is a bed and breakfast. Uh, and yeah, and they've done a wonderful job of restoring. It's just a beautiful home. It is. I think they still said they still have a little bit of work to do on it, but it is it is just a very nice home. I can't yeah. imagine how much money that they've had to sink into it. Yeah, and to and me, it's well worth it. It's like in walking through the even maybe the attic, but more so the bedrooms. Okay, walking through the bedrooms, this house was along a street it wasn't like right dead on the street it was just back off a little bit from the sidewalk but each room that you went into we weren't in pitch blackness no there was like the street lights were shining in the window so you had a good amount of light and i do you remember if there was any lamps on or no in the bedrooms yeah in the bedrooms i i'm pretty sure the whole place was lit I remember even the basement wasn't pitch black. Yeah, they had on some sort of red light or something on in there. Because I I will say the basement, the only thing that was creepy, and and number one, it's just an old, old basement. Mm -hmm. But the only thing that was creepy about the basement is it was very choppy. And we kind of had to weave through like these doorways and and, around stuff that was down there. Yeah, Yeah. so it was like around these weird walls and you go... Through what you would think, like you think, oh, I'm going to come out into a room, mm-hmm. but then no, you kind of have to weave back into another room and another space, and yeah. before it would open up, and I'm, I'm sure it had to do with foundation, the way that because I mean it is a huge three story house, so mm-hmm. probably had to do with foundational issues, and they needed all that structure under there, and it was just oddly placed to me, or you know, when you're walking through it, you know, right? But right. I, I just remember. I wasn't afraid to be in the basement because it wasn't pitch black. Yeah. You know, like I, I'm very open about how cowardly I am about things. And like, uh, yeah, I and am. <laughs> I, I told Brandon, I said, I told myself we were going to this. I'm like, I'm going to do it. I don't care. I'm going to fight through the fear. I'm going to do it. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, it went going down to the basement. I was like, oh, okay. It's like, I can see yeah, how can to maneuver. Yeah, you can actually see. This isn't yeah. that bad. I mean, I wouldn't want to yeah. be down there by myself, but it was like the, yeah. With this orb, you know, you see a lot of orbs on TV shows and things or video clips on the Internet and and they're in pitch blackness. So Mm -hmm. you'll catch it on like a night vision camera or something like that. And it just looks like something just floats by or whatever. This looked completely different. And and like we said, the the rooms were lit up. We can't remember if there's lamps on, but there were definitely the street lights coming in lit up the rooms very well because I was taking pictures around the rooms trying to catch any kind of, you know, apparition or any anything in the pictures that I could. It was dark enough in there where I had to have my flash on. And some of the pictures just weren't taking because it it was too dim in there. But it wasn't dark enough where you couldn't see everything in there. And so to pick up this orb and it's lit up enough in there, it was just, it was really, 
interesting. Not sure yeah. what that was. Yeah. And if it was not for the fact that it was a video attached, like it, it turned into a video. Yeah. I think I could have been like, eh, you know, it's it was just a fluke or something like that. But once mm-hmm. the video came to light, we were all three like, wait a minute, what just what did you say? Yeah. And the only other thing that unsettled me was the fact that it did fly like at you and me like it like was like i don't want to say into me but like it flew at me mm-hmm. and like i said this was not something we saw outside of the the photo like we did not see any kind of bugs in the room it, it was bright enough if it had been a big moth or even like the old big brown bugs that we have here that fly around at night yeah if it had been something like that we we would have all three seen that, especially yeah. since it was flying at my head. I would have been swatting that thing. I know. And th- I mean, that's another thing about this particular orb. Like the ones that I've seen always on TV shows are just almost like a floater. Yeah. And it's kind of transparent. It just looked completely different than this that we yeah. caught. And this thing doesn't, doesn't like, because f- like some of the stuff on tv mm-hmm. it, like you said it'll be they'll do like that slow float and it might change directions or something but yeah but it does that slow. this thing was like literally like zoop like yeah in the video like it was shot fast. towards you fast yeah. and that was, yeah, it was it. so fast and i will say after we started looking at the photo and stuff though we didn't get anything else in that room no now it could have been that we were making horrible jokes and <laughs> whatever was in there did not appreciate our sense yeah, of humor yeah it left. like there seemed like there was a lot of activity prior to the picture not so much after so after we left there cuz then we kind of took the house floor by floor starting mm-hmm. in the basement yeah. first floor second floor attic yeah uh now the attic I was just kind of drawn to this old rocking chair. I was probably just drawn to it because the old rocking chair. And, you know, I'd been like, how much is that? I'll take that. <laughs> but I, I was just kind of drawn to this old rocking chair. I didn't get anything off of the chair itself. And then um, the tour guide came out with the flashlight. Yeah. And yeah. we were trying to do the flashlight. We didn't really get anything off that. I don't, I can't remember if he said or didn't say that anybody was really getting anything up there that night. Uh-huh. Um, because I know he was going around asking, you know, what we were getting. And I, we had came right. up and we said the basement seems pretty active or, you know, like in the far yeah, basement. Yeah. And then um, I think one of one of the bedrooms that we came out of and something had happened. I can't really put my finger on it, but he had said, yes, that somebody else had kind of the same stuff going on. Okay. Uh, And so, but anyway, so it it was, I will say the only time on the first stop of the tour that I was like, (laughs) was um, you and you and uh, Bren, Uh your son had walked around because at this particular home on the side of it, it had a pretty good sized side yard. Mm-hmm. And they had said that the side yard had been used as a mass burial right. spot right. for some of the soldiers. Mm-hmm. Now it, they were no longer there that the bodies had been dug up many, many moons ago and um, buried um, somewhere else in a rightful grave. So, but one of the things was, is they were saying that if you walk around the grounds, that a lot of people would pick up, you know, things just walking around uh, on the the land there. Mm-hmm. Well, you and Brent had walked around to the side 
And I was hanging out in the front of the house and they had told us about this hollow tree that was in the front yard. It was like the front side yard. Yeah, I remember that. And when I came out, there was this one family who now I will say, while Brandy and I and our kids go to these venues to do ghost hunting, Mm -hmm. I don't think that we are ever going to say 100 percent. Yes, definitely haunted. Definitely, you know, <laughs> yeah. unless I'm seeing a specter, like where I'm just like, Brandy, is there like something <laughs> beside me right now? Okay, yeah, uh, and and I can get it verified through Brandy or somebody else. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm probably never going to 100 percent believe that I've seen something or whatever. Mm-hmm. And but there was a one family who 100% believed in all of their ghost hunting equipment. Wow. And they were living for this stuff. Uh And bless them, everybody needs a hobby. Right. I'll just say that. Yeah. But the thing that I didn't (laughs) agree with was the gentleman who owned the home had come out and he was talking to everybody or the people that were standing out front. Yeah. And he started talking to this one family in particular. And he asked, have you guys been over to the hollow tree? And evidently this tree is large enough for several grown adults to stand inside of. Uh, I I know we didn't go over by where it was. I wasn't even quite sure which tree it was. But he was telling this family that uh, I guess a week prior to us on a tour, that there had been a young woman who had gone and decided to spend most of her time in this tree uh-huh. and had ended up getting scratched. Okay. Uh, I take that with a grain of salt yeah. because you're inside of a tree. Like yeah. there could be anything sticking down and I around know. the tree. The tree itself scratched you probably. Yes, exactly. But this family immediately asked him, how many scratches does she have? And they go, was it three? (laughs) And I knew the minute they said that Uh where they were headed. Yeah. And the guy goes, oh, I can't remember if it was three or four. And this family was adamant that it must have been three if she got scratched. Uh And therefore, he had a demon on the property and he immediately needed to get that taken care of. Yeah. That made me just, uh, that took so much away from my experience. I was like, no. You're experts now. You better listen to them. (laughs) Yeah. I I was just like suddenly like so, I wasn't angry. I was just like, why do you, why? This gentleman opened his home to us. And now you're trying to tell him he's infested with demons. Go straight for that. (laughs) Come on. I'm like, it could have been anything other than demons. Like, let's just don't immediately rush there. Yeah. That was my only negative. uh, And that had nothing to do with the tour. That just was like that family. Right. Uh, And I pretty much think everybody that was in our group was in it. Like, they were in it to find ghosts, like to discover something that they had never seen before. So, and even the family that immediately was demons. They were a nice family. I'm not saying that, but I was just like, no, no, don't, don't do it. Don't say it. Like, okay, there it is. Uh, so going on with our tour, also be aware that on the Gettysburg Ghost Tours, and I am going to step out on a limb here and say this might be the way most of these ghost tours work around Gettysburg. You're going to have to be in your car. You're going to have to go in your car. You're going to have to drive somewhere to a destination to ghost hunt or mm-hmm. to do a tour. Yeah. Now they do have walking tours where you'll just go park. Um, Gettysburg ghost tours has several walking tours and you'll just go and park at their venue and then they'll walk you around town. Yeah. But, but if, they're just telling you about stuff. You don't get to 
yeah participate yeah it's not it's not a ghost hunt it's strictly ghost stories mm-hmm. and they're walking around town which i'm sure is a wonderful experience too if you like ghost stories oh yeah because uh, there are so many uh, i'm sure they go by the jenny wade house which uh, jenny wade just backstory she is the only civilian killed during the battle of gettysburg she was actually um unfortunately shot by snipers that they were not shooting at her she was in her home making bread actually and she was shot in the back uh, they shot through two doors and the bullet just happened to hit her uh, i believe they were probably shooting across her home at something on the battlefield but anyway jenny is jenny is the only civilian that died in gettysburg uh in any kind of crossfire her home is said to be haunted by not only her, but but a couple of small children. So I'm sure. And Jenny Wade's house is right in town. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I believe that she's one of the, the that house is one of the stops on the walking tour. But so what happens is you we went to the ghost tour place. We picked up our tickets, and then they said, okay, you're going to drive, you know, a few blocks away, and you're going to park, and then they will take you to your destination, mm-hmm. which is what we did. We had a park. We we walked a few blocks to go to the first house then after we were at that house we walked back get in our cars go to our second destination when that second destination was a little ways out of town it was yeah, yeah so it was a it was a bit of a drive it was kind of in a more rural area yeah. wasn't it yeah yeah and the way it was explained and Randy, you can correct me if if you miss if, if you heard it differently mm-hmm. but my understanding was that there was like during the battle, it would have been several rows of houses, or several houses in a row. Uh-huh. And that was like the one, only one left standing from that time period. And that's why we were in that one. Because they were Amazing. saying that like, so once again, we're going to go back to field hospital. Yeah, th- yeah. <laughs> that's all I remember. It was a field hospital. Yeah. And they were saying that like this house, the, the second house we go to was also used as a field hospital. But it was on the backside of... Not the Devil's Den. It was on the back side of um, Pickett's Charge. Is it on the back side of Pickett's Charge? Oh, I don't know. But you it, the house that was the second yeah, location. The second one. Well, I know that they had a the big um, like wrought iron fence. Yeah. So that was all part of the battlefield. The national. I was trying to think of what, what that was called, like right in front of us. But anyway. So this home literally set on the fringe of the actual battlefield. Yeah. yeah and right like I said, my understanding was there was other homes that, that set there in close proximity to it. There, and they were all used as field hospitals, which you can imagine 20, I mean, 50,000 dead. I don't know how many injured uh, right offhand. I, I guess there's a huge reason why every home in there is a field hospital. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. But supposedly this home was from that time period. It was a field hospital. And they he did tell a few more ghost stories about this particular home. It had a an old owner that occupied one of the bedrooms or something that would tell you to get out. Um, uh, I don't even know if I went in that room particularly. But the second location, I wasn't feeling it as much as the first location. Uh, I yeah. felt... I. I felt better being outside because uh, like Brandon was saying, yeah. there was a wrought iron fence that had been put up along the perimeter of the battlefield in behind this house. Now, and when I say this house set on the fringe, I mean like the wrought iron fence was probably 30 feet off of the backside of the house. And then that's where the battlefield started. Mm-hmm. The other thing they had told us was 
also that property had been used as a temporary burial site for some of the yeah. soldiers. Yeah. So that was the one big spike that we got was we walked over to where supposedly this temporary burial site had been for mm-hmm. some of the soldiers. And we were asking questions there. We got our biggest spike of the night there. Um, our meters went up to a six or seven, I think. And also I will throw a little caveat into that and say the reason it spiked or at the moment it spiked uh-huh. was also the moment I made the joke that I too had left my own blood on the battlefield. <laughs> And uh, yes, yeah, so and we all laughed about that, and the, and we got this big, huge spike from our things. When I at the moment I said I too left my blood on the battlefield, I I felt more outside too because that house just didn't seem spooky. Now yet again, if I was there by myself, I would be definitely spooked out. But I'm I'm wondering if only a portion of that house or the foundation or something was the original house because it I noticed how the it was like um the the house just didn't seem age appropriate for that time yeah. period of the civil war especially the, the kitchen and stuff but even with remodeling yeah it didn't seem like it the only thing that seemed really old was upstairs though the hinges on the doors we were yeah. telling you about those were very yeah. There was a lot of weird architecture that we were talking about in that home Mm -hmm. that didn't seem to match. Like, we definitely believe the kitchen was an add-on at some, probably not too far in the past. Yeah. Just because of the way it looked. But just looking at the old doorways and stuff like that, you know, it just, like Brandy said, it did not have the same feel as some of the older homes that we had been into in Gettysburg. Because, like, the first home we did the ghost hunt in, that you can tell. And and it probably was original. Like, every floor in Mm -hmm. there was probably original to the pre-Civil War. Like, I'm pretty sure the family was probably pretty wealthy than owned that home. Mm -hmm. Uh, But this was more of your everyday Joe type of home. Yeah. And it just did not... it, It had been redone a lot it looked mm-hmm. like uh, to the point where we were talking about this one dresser that was looked like it was made into the wall but right. if you watch on the other side it was probably an original doorway to yeah. the home yeah and they had just completely for whatever odd reason at some point in its history <laughs> cut off been cut off yeah, yeah. like it, it was just a very little odd breakup of the home uh, in a lot of places that home itself wasn't that wasn't creepy uh, even the stories that they told you which should have creeped you out like of the yeah. you're going to be yelled at to get out <laughs> um you know i was like okay well if somebody tells me to get out, i'm gonna get out yeah uh, but it just didn't have the same feel as the the previous home mm-hmm even though the previous home didn't, we didn't hear a whole lot of the history as far as Gettysburg battle went. Right. But it, it just seemed like it had been, like you said, maybe the second house was more of a, eh, we'll just, this is an empty house. We'll take some people out there. <laughs> right. uh, because I will say it does seem like they move their tours around a lot because mm-hmm. I was talking to the tour guide one of my favorite tours that I had taken was once again to a field hospital. This was probably the first <laughs> time. Uh, I believe this was a genuine field hospital. Though. It was it was on the outskirts by the uh, battlefield. 
And it was a location where they had amputated so many limbs. This was the story that we were told. Mm -hmm. Had amputated so many limbs, and they were just throwing these limbs out this window of this home. The home kind of sat on a hill, like on a slant. So this window was well above the ground, like uh, built up. Yeah. And they were just trying to put it in your mind to imagine how many limbs had to have been thrown out this window for them to, because the, the amputations had reached up to the window. Oh God. You, you know, your brain cannot fathom legs and arms and whatever I know, piled you up. seeing that oh. in for real life. Oh know? my gosh. The horror. Like that, that in itself is a horror Ugh. show to me. Yeah. That place had been a, a really good place to go. Like it was a, it was, it was a two or three story home. It had an attic. Um, Back then I did not go up in the attic. Mm-hmm. I don't think that place had a basement, but I was talking to the tour guide and I was mentioning several places that we had been ghost hunting, my family and I. And he was like, yeah, we, you know, somebody else bought that. We don't get to go out there anymore. So it just seemed like all these places that I had been prior were not things that were available any longer mm-hmm. or available to see any longer, yeah. which was a shame. And maybe people open them up as their own private ghost hunting things, which is, is fine, too. But the Gettysburg Ghost Tours has never been a bad tour. Or and ghost hunting experience for for me, yeah. And it's it's just one of my favorite places. So one of the things that we were we failed to tell you guys. So when we went to Gettysburg, we stayed in an Airbnb, right? And this Airbnb, we found out the home was built in 1820. We stayed at this uh, Airbnb right off of the battlefield, uh, and I, I say right off of it. Little did we know the night that we were arriving, we were driving through the battlefield. And had we (laughs) known that, it would have been so much creepier for us to have arrived in Gettysburg at the time. Because what we were driving, when we were driving through the battlefield, it was covered in a layer of fog. And we were driving through that fog, getting to this Airbnb. Yes. And had we have realized that we were in the midst of the battlefield, I think it would have made it so much <laughs> creepier, but it'd been like, welcome to Gettysburg. Right, yeah. right. Um, but we ended up, and the other odd thing was, I evidently does not, did not read the Airbnb thing right, uh, I guess. I was under the assumption that we would have neighbors, mm-hmm. like there would other be other houses. And we get out to this house and we were it. Like that's the only thing out there, except for there is a creepy farmer dude that is a good like quarter of a mile away with his, uh, what do you have? A sheep? I think it was sheep. Yeah. sheep. And he is out in his oh, barn. Oh yeah, he was out there feeding them or something in the middle of the night. Because yeah, we don't arrive at this place. It's almost two o'clock in the morning because yeah. we had to get off from work and get, get loaded and eat and all that. So we don't get there until like two o'clock in the morning. And here's just this farmer out in his barn with his sheep, lights blurring. Yeah. Like I said, it's a good quarter of a mile away. It wasn't on top of us by any means. And we roll up to this little house. Well, it it was a really nice size house inside, but Mm -hmm. it's like this little, very old cottage. Right. uh, Right on the road. Like it had no front yard. It was literally on the road. Mm -hmm. Just 
creep. Like, just like, just get inside, get inside. <laughs> Nothing will get us. Like, Farmer John's over there. He'll hear us screaming unless he's in on it. Like, I don't know what's going on. And so, but we get inside and um, the house is nice, but you were talking about a house that's over 100 years old. It did have the yeah, over 100 year old creepy. Um, and so, of course, we're tired. Everything we get checked in. Uh, it, it was the people had left us so much food, like so much snacks and stuff in there. So we were not wanting for snacks or anything. And then and it was very clean, very clean little house. Uh, but our rooms were all upstairs. And the only bathroom was upstairs, too. So anytime you had to go to the bathroom, you had to go upstairs. Mm-hmm. But uh, that was the only downside for me. But. What what happened was, first night, we're all exhausted. We all just go pass out in our rooms, and we're going to get up early the next day and do our thing. Nothing, right? Keep in mind, second night we're there, we are out <laughs> ghost hunting until like 2 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. It's, so we get home. It's like 2, two o'clock, 2.30, or we get back to this Airbnb. It's 2 o'clock, 2.30. And at this point, we realize that we are pretty much right off of the battlefield. We've driven through the battlefield to get to this house the night before. Yes. Also, Brandy had seen a light that like, we were just talking about this before we started recording. Mm-hmm. So the very first night we arrived to the home, Brandy says, as we're trying to get in the back door, cause it has like the, the typical Airbnb keypad and you got to do all your little fancy <laughs> stuff. Yeah. And we're trying to get that open. Yeah. And Brandy goes, did you guys see that? And then yeah. we're like, what? And so I'll let you describe it since I didn't see it. Brandy. Well, it was, I think I was walk. There was like a little walkway or sidewalk or something leading to the back of the house. And I want to say you at least maybe Bryn too were in front of me. So I'm coming up with my bags or whatever. And there was a small patch of trees in the in the backyard of this cottage. And it, it wasn't anything thick. It was just a, a real small amount of of a little forested area. I don't know. Anyway, so and then all around that in the back of the house and behind those trees was just fields from these farms. I guess they were hay fields, whatever, but yeah. And then there was a farm uh on the other side of the cottage, you know, down a ways. But anyway, so I'm walking up the the little walkway and it just looked like a shooting star but it was like at ground level and it was behind it was on the other side of those tr- little group of trees on the you know through the field so it w- it was a good ways away but it just shot across the top of the field and it looked exactly like a shooting star except it wasn't in the sky I didn't know what was back there at the time because it's it's the middle of the night. I can't see anything but the trees that are behind us. So the next morning, after I got a shower and got dressed, I go outside, go out the back door because I want to see what's behind the house because of this light that I saw. And when I look out, then I see it's just filled all back behind those trees. And there's like some barns from this house that's on the other side of the cottage and but they're like the light would have been in front of them kind of in the field area so i don't know what what it 
it, what it would have been. It didn't look like someone shining a flashlight or anything like that. So I don't know. Yeah. It was just a weird, weird I know light. you said that kind of like, like you said, like a shooting star across mm-hmm. the thing. And I was kind of expecting the next morning, like after you'd said that, I thought, well, since it was so dark and we could not see, I thought, oh, there's probably going to end up being more houses. That's because we knew the road continued. We didn't know that it did not really continue. <laughs> I know because, you know, I was thinking it, there's probably a road on the other side right. of that house. And it was just a car, you know, going yeah. fast down that road or like the the headlight shined off of something or mm-hmm. whatever. And that's what I saw. But there was no road there. Yeah. And Brandy and I were talking about it before we started recording. I, I was telling her. About, I said, well, you know, when you saw this light, the thing that we didn't think about was, like I said, we were so close. We, we literally drove through the battlefield to get to this cottage. I said, well, soldiers would have had to have gone through there because in, so there was the little county road that ran in front of this house. And like I said, this house up right on the road had no front yard. If you walk down the driveway and cross this, the little county street, in front of it was a creek, a very lovely creek. And this was a creek that the... Uh, oh, it's it said on July 4th that General Robert E. Lee and, and his troops had kind of retreated there. So that right. was when the battle was over. Was over. That's yeah. when, okay, so this is when the Confederacy was retreating. So this would have been along the route, and this would have been the creek that they would have retreated back to. Uh, at the end of the battles mm-hmm. on July 4th. Yeah. So th- that's why I told Brandy, I said, well, you know, it's like one of those things, like surely the soldiers walked across here and it could be anything and not just soldiers, but in the context of, you know, it being Gettysburg, you know, like, like I said, it, 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 it was a wide open field in behind us that we found out there was no houses anywhere near us in the back. Mm-hmm. And in fact, there was nothing close to the cottage we were in. There was just a farm, like, before we had gotten to the cottage, about a quarter of a mile, half a mile. And then the little sheep farm that was just past us, like, a quarter of a mile. And that was all that was out there. So, like, when I say we were out there by ourselves, like, we were out there by ourselves. What ends up happening is, first night, like I said, Brandy sees this light. And we all go in. Uh, we are tired. We go to bed. But after we came back in the second night, we all were tired. We'd been out all day. Brandy's son went to take a shower. Now, my bedroom was right behind the shower or right behind the bathroom. And especially the shower was the first thing in the bathroom. So I could hear, you know, him take a shower. I could hear when he left the bathroom. Well, I was sitting watching videos or something on my iPad and I heard him turn the water off and I heard him leave the bathroom. So I knew that nobody was in the bathroom or anything. Shortly after he is gone, I just start hearing this knocking that sounds like it's coming up from the wall behind me. And I'm like, that's fine. Like it's, the, it's an old, old house. This is just the, the water pipes knocking. They're cooling off. Cause I'm, I was hundred percent sure he was in there taking a hot, hot shower. And I was like, it's just, it's just the water pipes. And I, try to go back to my video and I try to watch it. It just continues. And it's the same rhythm over and over and over again. 
And I just lay there forever and I'm trying to convince myself it's nothing. And then it would stop periodically and start back up. But then every time it would start back up, it seemed like it was going down the wall. I laid there for a good (laughs) 45 minutes listening to this to the point that at one point I said, okay, I have to go wake up Randy's son. I just need him to come and check. Because I'd also said to myself, uh, since we were on the top floor, the attic would have been or what would have been attic space. I think that they had used the entire top floor. I don't think it had an attic in the home. Mm-hmm. Um, I kept telling myself, like, this would be where an animal is. Like, if an animal had crawled into the home, it, this is where it's going to make its bed. And that's probably what I'm hearing. I'm hearing a squirrel or a chipmunk or something <laughs> making a bed up there. It's patting down stuff, right? Yeah. Convinced myself it's an animal in the wall. <laughs> Or the thing that I was waking up Brandy's son for was I was like a tree. A tree is knocking against the house because it was windy that night. And I was like, I'm just going to get him up, make him go outside with me, (laughs) find this limb that's hitting the house to convince myself. And then I'll go back to sleep. Right. He is sound asleep. He is not waking up. (laughs) Now I'm in my own horror story (laughs) because I'm like, I'm the only one up. Everybody else is sound asleep. This is where I die or get possessed, right? (laughs) So I go back to bed. I'm like, okay. The the orb has followed. Yeah, the orb has got me. (laughs) So I'm like, this is ridiculous. Just go back to bed. Like, you're fine. I go back to bed. The knocking starts all over again. I lay there for another 30 minutes. I can no longer take it. Somebody else has to be awake in this house and it's Brandy. So I go running down the hall and I run into Brandy's room and I I, evidently Brandy heard me run into her room because she immediately shot him in bed. I was like, what's going on? And I said, Brandy. And I was using foul language because at this point I was over it. Poor Brandy just wakes up to me just like just cursing. I was, I was scared the crap out of me. I'm like, okay. She's like, get up. I need you to come in here. I'm like, okay. And I'm still like half asleep. I'm like, okay. Oh my God. What is happening? Yeah. And like, poor, like I said, poor Brandy, like that was the G version. I was not G at that point. I was over it. I was done. I was like, just bleep, 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 bleep. bleep. So Brandy gets up. I was like, Brandy, just come listen. Like, there's like, I think it's an animal in the wall. I think it's an animal. And so she comes in there. And of course, at the beginning, nothing, nothing. <laughs> I Now I'm a crazy woman. Brandy knows I'm a crazy woman. <laughs> but now I'm super crazy. And I'm like, no, I swear. Like, it's been going on for like an hour. I just can't take it anymore. And so I was like, well, wait a minute. So I was like, let me lay down the bed. Cause that's when it was like, it would happen every time I lay down in this bed. Mm-hmm. So I lay down in the bed and almost immediately it starts. Like you hear the knocking and Brandy right. is like now looking at me and I'm like, right. <laughs> you hear it too. Right. And well, she like, had explained to me that it sounded like a ball bouncing, like yeah. a little toy ball bounce. And I'm thinking, Oh my God. There is dead children in the <laughs> attic crawl space or something playing with a ball. Because that's what it sounded like. It sounded like if you took a rubber ball and you dropped it on the table and you let it bounce until it lost its bounceability. Yes, yeah. And it laid flat and then you picked it up and did it again. And you mm-hmm. just did this over and over and over. That was the sound of that it was making. Right. That was going on. And so... <laughs> Bless Brandy's heart. She is in my room forever. We're trying to like, like, okay, I don't think there's an attic above us. You know, like, does it sound like an animal? Do you think there's a tree out there? (laughs) Uh, There was no trees next to the house. We realized that. Um, So, and then eventually Brandy walks back around the edge of my bed 
And she's standing there for a few minutes. And then she goes, I think the door is hitting your bed. (laughs) Yeah, because when I first got in there, you know, I'm listening and it's, it's doing it. I'm like, oh my God, what is that? And and I I stuck my ear to the wall, like at the foot of her bed, and I'm listening, but also hoping I don't hear like little giggles or you know something yeah. like really close to my head. And I I don't hear, I don't hear anything. But I'm trying to figure out where it's coming from because I can hear it. Um, and Tammy had said it seemed like it was all around the bed, but she heard it most at the foot of her, I mean, at the head of the bed, yeah, which was the other side of the bathroom wall. So we we all had found these fans in the closet and each put one in our bedroom. So I turned off Tammy's fan so I could hear better. And we're sitting there and, you know, like she's getting frustrated because there's nothing and I, it's not happening. Yeah. And I'm like, what the, and I'm, I'm like, well, you know, maybe it's this or that, you know, so she'd feel better and we all go back to sleep. <laughs> so I turn her fan back on and we start hearing it. Yeah. <laughs> That's when I walked over <laughs> to the side of the bed and I'm like, what is, and then I saw the door. I looked down and I saw the door and in that exact pattern of a ball, you drop it and bounce at the door was going. Yeah. And it was, it was making that exact sound. And I'm like, Oh my God, it's your door hitting the bed. And it's because of the fan is blowing the door. And I will say, because the night before I had, I'd had this fan on too and had not had this noise, but the night before I had had the door open back uh, and that night i had just like because I, I was literally sleeping behind the door mm-hmm. and i had just opened the door for more airflow because it was a little stuffy in there yeah and so when brandy said it's the door hitting like catching the <laughs> it, the fan was hitting just right to make the door swing back and forth yeah but the really weird thing was i never felt it hitting the bed that night like because i kept laying there and i'm i'm like what is the deal You'd think that you would be able to yeah. feel it. It was a relief, and it made me laugh. And then I felt so bad for just freaking Brandy out. <laughs> and then I was angry at myself for getting freaked out for like an hour and a half. Well, we had just been on a ghost hunt, yeah. so yeah. And so yeah, it's, it's. I don't think I really slept that night. After that, I was like, okay, like even oh, though I was no. ready to just pass out, I was like, oh my gosh, I've laid here most of the <laughs> night thinking ghosts are after me. They have followed us back to this little cottage. <laughs> oh, man. There you go. Like, we're ghost hunters, <laughs> but in the worst sense of that word. Yes. Because um, a fan hitting the door in my bedroom, <laughs> and I was immediately like, ghost <laughs> I wasn't immediately. I did lay there a good while making it animals, trees hitting the house and everything else before Brandy came and solved the uh, the problem. But, <laughs> solved the mystery. Yeah. But so that was our, um, like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> like, everything is not a ghost. Okay, right, we right. get it. But like I said, there's a million and one pictures of, you know, ghosts or myths or any, you know, all sorts of things in and around Gettysburg. Yeah, I've seen and, some pretty cool ones yeah. on TV and stuff. I will say most of the ones that I see, if they, it, it looks like soldiers. I yeah, mean, oh yeah. 
maybe it's just knowing the background of Gettysburg and you're just like looking at that and like your brain immediately wants to associate a uniform with something that you're seeing in the photo. But yeah, I mean, I've seen a lot of stuff that I'm like, it's hard to explain that one away. It's like, right. what is that? Yeah. I know a lot of people, a lot of places want to claim most haunted place, mm-hmm. especially like we, we talk about how much we love Savannah and oh, we've yeah. gone on a bunch of different ghost things in Savannah. I've been to Charleston, even St. Augustine. Uh, I was saying I was going to be in the oldest town in America. And, but I will say I always get the best ghosty type stuff in Gettysburg. Okay. Like Gettysburg is the place to me. Yeah. So I think now I'd have to say Savannah and Gettysburg are my favorite for yeah. haunted locations. Oh yeah. I love them both. And there's still so much. Gettysburg is uh, in itself, you know, pretty much a, uh, you know, like a little secluded town mm-hmm. uh, with just this horrible incident that happened uh, on the outskirts of it. Right. But there's just so much to explore. Like, yeah. Oh, and yeah. if you if you're like into the ghost thing you're going to have to go there a lot of times <laughs> to kind of deplete any kind of, like I said, I've never been to the same place more than once in, uh-huh. in any of the tours. Uh, and, and even if I could go back to some of them, I would, you know, just to see, is it what I thought it was the first time? Or was mm-hmm. that just like a, Ooh, this place is haunted and not so much. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but Gettysburg and so and like I said, you just have to think of how many people died. I think a lot of it's residual when it comes to the battlefield, the, the things that people see on the battlefield. I think it's you, you know it's one of those places you have to go and see it for yourself. Mm-hmm. And you know we could sit here and tell you all about our ghost hunting stuff as much as we want. I, I advocate for Gettysburg just because like it's it's just a nice little town. Everybody there is pretty nice. I've never yeah. come across. I expected it to be a, a larger place, larger population, but it's really a small, small town. But it, it's absolutely beautiful in the history, especially if you're American. You should go there yeah. anyway and just kind of check out the monuments and the battlefield. I, I definitely would like to go back mm-hmm. and go through that again, but go to some of the other haunted locations. Yeah. yeah we, we did it so quickly that um, I was telling Brandon, there was a lot of places that I wish we could have gone. I, number one, just slipped my mind, like going out to Saks bridge. I, I have never yeah. been there. Yeah. And I'd, I'd like, like to go, go there. there. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were talking about going to um, cash town. Yes. Like yeah. cash town. I will say, if you ever go to Gettysburg, go over to cash town. It's, it's a very small little town, but it, it's uh, it played a big part that that's where the union army stopped in there. Uh, Brandy read where it was the first place that a soldier was killed. Uh, that's where mm-hmm. the first soldier was killed at, uh, in Gettysburg. Cause cash town is just like down the road from Gettysburg, not just for ghost hunting, but just because if you were, grew up in the United States, you have heard about Gettysburg your entire life. Right. I think it really puts into perspective uh, when you see how small the battlefield is mm-hmm. uh, and think about how many people died on that battlefield in and on that battlefield around it. Yeah. I personally can't wrap my head around seeing that many bodies in one place and, Gosh, I'm not. and thinking about what that would have been like to have lived anywhere near that and heard it and 
Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah. so many of the buildings, and like that were around the battlefield, are still there. They still have bullet holes, cannonball holes, right? Uh, sh- you know, stuff sticking in the stones, and you can go and see those things too. So. Yeah, because that yeah. that one house we went to where we got the the picture of the orb had still a piece of something mm-hmm. stuck in it. I think I, I didn't wasn't quite grasping what they were trying to tell us. At the yeah, beginning. I yeah I wasn't either, yeah. and so I'm not sure if it was like it it couldn't. I mean, a, it wasn't a bullet because the yeah. hole was big. So I don't know if it I was. I think a, it was like a smaller cannonball. Mm-hmm. It was almost like a round ball. Yeah. In if it, that's, I think yeah. that's what it was. I think. I don't think they really went into detail. They were just like, <laughs> look up there. What is it? Right. I'm blind and I can't see. But, uh, but yeah, I guess so. Like, so we had a great time. We highly advocate for you guys to go up there, do some ghost hunting, get some history on. And, uh, but yeah, it, it was a great time for us. And hopefully we can make it back and tell you guys more stories about it. Yeah. But for, uh, for right now, we will call it a day and we'll just say thank you guys for listening and we will see you guys next time. Bye-bye.